impressed me about this church was the first time Tom went on vacation. And yet the worship team just kept trucking. The, the sermon happened. The children's ministry happened. And you learn a lot about a manager when they go on vacation and the train keeps on the tracks, right? And so um, that's the kind of pastor he is. But I only say nice things when he's not here. <laughs> so keep that in mind. Do not repeat those things. Okay. So let's um, talk about what's going on around here. In your bulletin today, you probably got on the cardstock a way to um, tell us um, if you're visiting who you are. We will follow up with you in some non-scary way. Um, but also here, we um, y'all communicate to your elders your prayer requests. One of the first things that we do at every elders meeting is pray for our people. We love doing that. We love your transparency and inviting us into your lives so we know what to pray for and how to minister to you. Um, if you are at home and you have little ones, our children's ministry team has yet again knocked it out of the park with yet another printable um, and activity. This one, um, I think the kids are going to have a lot of fun, um, but it may get moved to next week. We, um, our, our little ones have gotten sick on us, I think, and or may or may not be here. Yours here today? Sick of you. Ooh. <laughs> sick of us. overworked and underpaid, and then we've got some other little ones that are sick. So I think we're going to kick that to next week. It should be a, a lot of fun. Um, all right, what else is going on around here? We, um, we have our Tuesday night Zoom Bible study, which if you missed last week, you really missed a treat. Um, as we move through this sermon series in Isaiah, Lois is um, taking a a week here and there in our Tuesday night Zoom Bible study to make the connections between Handel's Messiah and the songs therein and the book of Isaiah and some other scriptures. And um, I don't know if you guys ever had a professor um, in college or grad school or something like that, but they were so into whatever they were teaching, it didn't matter what they were teaching, you wanted to be a part of that class. Right, so that was kind of the experience. It was so much fun watching Lois. And I mean, I know nothing about music, nothing. Like can't sing and clap on beat at the same time. Bad at music, but I still got a lot out of it. And thank you for the time, Lois. That another installment will be coming later, but we will be diving into um, Isaiah on our Tuesday night Zoom Bible study. But tonight, the youth group is getting started back up to speed for the spring semester. Wesley, how are your Mario Kart skills? Well, because I'm bringing my Wii tonight, we're having a Mario Kart tournament, and you're going to lose. I'm going to beat your older brother. So a wee wee lad was playing on a wee Mario Kart. I see what you did there. I'm hoping Allie is going to come and lose. I mean, Tatum might come. I don't know. But I, I'm, I'm sorry, you don't want to show up and lose to me? 
an old man in Mario Kart? Mmm. You haven't seen all of this Mario Kart action. Dude, I've never turned on my true Yoshi skills. Let's move on. <laughs> so if you have some Mario Kart skills, it does not matter how old you are. Please come tonight. We're going to start at 515. We're going to have an amazing time. Bring a friend. Um, that'll get us started for the spring. We will be exploring with our youth group different names of God and how that um, kind of calling on God in different situations to bring out different facets of his character. They will be studying that all spring, and then we'll be, um, that'll be our youth group summer, summer sermon series um, for this summer. So, um, and then if you have a youth that is interested in going to Blueprint, um, we've got those dates figured out. We've got 20 seats reserved, so we're going to start, you know, tapping on shoulders and and marking down slots for that. But I believe, Lois, those dates are like June the 12th to June the 17th is the week that we'll be um, at Blueprint. Does that sound correct to you? It's early June. <coughs> it leads into Father's Day. So whatever that Father's Day is in June, that'll be our Blueprint report, and it'll be the week before that. So um, Blueprint, for those of you who don't know, is a downtown ministry here in San Antonio that works with families that are um, at one and a half times the poverty rate or below, and they try to go in and make their homes warmer, safer, drier. So it'll be early in the summer. Our kids will probably be doing some roofing, maybe some painting to restore homes, mostly for elderly women who are beyond able to to maintain their own homes. So um, fruitful stuff there, but that's coming soon as well. And then this Friday night, we have our men's group is meeting. Um, I'm guessing it's going to be cold, so there's going to be some meat. There's going to be some fire and some good fellowship. Um, so all the men come Friday night. We'll start hanging out about 5. We'll eat at about 7, and then you just go home when you have to. Um, ladies, this is your night of freedom. Just kick that man right out of the house. Tell him to come hang out. The remote is yours. <laughs> or the silence, yes. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Am I missing anything else at this point? Okay. Well, I think we're going to skip the children's chat and go straight into it. So, um, Will y'all pray with me as we open up the book of Isaiah? Heavenly Father, thank you for this time together. Thank you for our freedom, our ability to come here and worship you um, openly. And Lord, we lift up um, our sister church in Kamawani, Cuba, um, as they are moving through their Sunday morning, but in a totally different circumstance. Pray for... Um, Pastor Miguel and his wife, Tatiana, as they minister to um, those people in that context. And, and just the church universal. We lift up your church this morning as, as we all gather together to worship you. And we just pray that you would be made famous through our praises. Lord, we lift up um, our military. 
if they're here at home or abroad, we just pray that you would keep them safe and bring them home um, back to their families. And for those that come back changed, we pray that you would just pour out your grace on them and help them to receive the care that they need and know that they are supported um, here at home. Lord, I pray for just our congregation as we move through um, another COVID wave. I just pray that um, that we would each figure out how to engage with each other as we um, do that in a way that that makes sense for us and our families. And I just pray that everyone here knows that that they're loved and connected and and that no matter how they choose to engage that um, that we support that. And Lord, we just, we just pray that um, for our country and its leaders as they are faced with difficult decisions that are um, easy to Monday morning quarterback. Um, we just pray that you would give them the wisdom and discernment that they need to, to make those decisions. Lord, most of all, just open up our hearts and use your word to change us to be more like you. Help us to take your love and your grace out into this hurting and fallen and broken world this week. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So this spring, we are in the book of Isaiah. Um, it is filled with prophecies and um, much of that prophecy is in the form of poetry. And so it, we've titled this series Messiah Song because when we boil down the book of Isaiah, it is about who Jesus is. And there are several different sections that we are moving through. Um, there's a lot of the separation between God and his people. There's a whole lot about God's salvation and his sanctuary as well. But this week, we're in our third installment, and we find ourselves in one of my favorite passages in all of scripture, Isaiah chapter six. So let's read through that together, and then we will um, dive in. Isaiah 6, one. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple, Above him stood the seraphim, each had six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And I said, woe is me, for I am lost. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar, and he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am, send me. 
And he said, go and say to this people, keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull and their ears heavy and blind their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turned and be healed. Then I said, how long, O Lord? And he said, until cities lie waste without inhabitant and houses without people, and the land is a desolate waste, and the Lord removes people far away, and the forsaken places are many in the midst of the land. And though a tenth remain in it, it will be burned again like a terebinth or an oak whose stump remains when it is felled. The holy seed is its stump. So we have Isaiah standing in awe in front of God. And what, is this, what does this mean for us? There are several places in Scripture where people are completely overwhelmed by their encounters with God. We see Moses scooped up and put in the cleft of the rock as, as God passes by. Paul on the road to Dam- Damascus. Um, John in the book of Revelation is completely overwhelmed by his vision in heaven. And Isaiah is experiencing the same thing. And he is confronted by the character of God. And it defines what he does after that. And so we want to do the same thing. Will we have this same experience where we go to the throne room of God? Well, that would be awesome. Maybe that will happen for you, but it hasn't happened to me. But I can still learn from Isaiah's experience that I need to take time to dwell on God's character. It will define everything past that point in time. And, and what I understand about who God is is the most important thing about me. And one of the reasons that this is um, one of my favorite places in scripture is that whenever I am in a crisis or someone that I love is in a crisis, do we need the right theological answer in the midst of a crisis or in the midst of grief? No, oftentimes that is not what someone needs. But when we run to a place like this in scripture, where we are confronted with the holiness of God, which is a word we throw around a lot um, here in church, but, but oftentimes we don't unpack it, right? What does this word holy mean? What is the angel saying about God when three times he says, holy, holy, holy? He's perfect. He is complete. God is lacking in nothing. He does not change. He is completely faithful and reliable, and he is good every single thing that he chooses to do or not do 
is perfect, just as he is perfect. So when we're living in this broken and fallen world and we hurt, or we know someone that's hurt, right? The right theological answer isn't helpful in that moment, but running and sitting in front of the perfect God who is completely holy, completely set apart, lacking in nothing, we can trust him, right? We want to take time, especially when life is hard, to take the time to dwell on God's character. And when we are confronted with God's character, how can we do anything else but be honest with ourselves? We have to be honest. You have to be honest with yourself. And when you're confronted with God's holiness, with his perfection, what else can you see except for your own lack? We are all broken and fallen and and we, we put on our nice clothes and we, we go to work and we treat people well, but you know your own heart. I know my own heart. And I'm way more wicked than I really want you to know. And you probably feel the same way. I've heard a preacher say that if I truly knew everything about you, I wouldn't let you in the building. And if you truly knew everything about me, you wouldn't come, right? We are all desperately, desperately flawed. It doesn't matter if it's anger or uh, you name the sin that you struggle with, right? We are desperately flawed. And we, in contrast to who God is, we need to be honest with ourselves. But when God is getting you to that place, he doesn't leave you there, right? When we go back to these words, Isaiah does nothing in this circumstance. He doesn't haul off and make an, a sacrifice. He doesn't run out and give money to the poor. He stands there in awe of God's holiness. He is honest about the fact that he's got nothing. In the New King James, I think it uses the words, I am undone. Here in the ESV, it says lost. He's got nothing. He's got nothing to give to God except for his sin. But yet, he is just standing there watching his Redeemer work, and the angel comes with the burning coal and atones for his sins. Isaiah does nothing but watch his Redeemer work. And this is, this is part of our experience as well, right? When you understand who God is and what Jesus did for you on the cross, you bring nothing to that equation except for your sin. He has done it all for you, which is amazing because on your worst day, you cannot sin your way out of God's redemption of you. You can't get mad at God and, 
and walk away spiritually because he's done all the work. Hopefully this is something that brings us peace on our worst days, that there is nothing you can do because God did it all for you. And so we, we see this experience that Isaiah has in the throne, throne room of God, and he immediately wants to respond out of that situation. And so we, having a slightly different experience, want to respond as well, right? When we are, when we are shown the glory of God, his, his weightiness, his worthiness to be praised, we want to respond to God, and I want all of us to be open to God's call. God's call on your life is different than God's call on my life. But at the end of the day, we are all called to make disciples. So it doesn't matter if you're cutting hair or if you are inspecting fire extinguishers or whatever Jason does. It's much more complicated than that, right? Not really, <laughs> okay. <laughs> or, you know, or you're at home raising kids, supporting a family that way. You are all called to make disciples. And, you know, we, we say it a lot. Um, I don't know th who the quote originally comes from, but this is one of these places where we, we show the love of God as our first step, and then if necessary, we use words, right? We earn the right to speak into someone's life the truth about our separation from God and how the only solution to that separation is Jesus dying on the cross for our sins. We earn the right by spending time and energy and giving of ourselves. But we are all called in our different facets of life, right, to make disciples. While you're out there doing that, please remember that God's plan often doesn't jive with our plans. You'll notice God doesn't say, and you're going to have rousing success. Right? The, the rest of that story is not Isaiah creating the first megachurch. Right? It's a bunch of people that aren't responding to his message. Don't be surprised when this broken and hurting and fallen world does not want to hear the message that we bring. The great thing is that's not on you. Your job is not to pr produce righteousness in other people. You can't do it, neither can I. It does not matter how much I argue with you. It does not matter how much I get angry with you. It does not matter how much I do. I cannot produce righteousness in you. God does that. God pours his grace out upon you so that you can believe. But that frees us up to just love and take the message. 
don't put pressure on yourself to have all the words right. You don't need to wait until the perfect time. You just love people, you share what you can, and you leave the results to God. Just remember, oftentimes it's not going to go the way you want it to. Okay? And in the midst of that, do not be afraid to ask God the hard questions. Isaiah doesn't just, just accept it and move on. He asks God a faithful question. He doesn't ask God why, as though God owes him an explanation. He just simply says, how long? How long is this going to last? Which is a faithful question because implied in that is that he knows that it will only last for a little while. So ask God the hard questions. He can handle every single one of them. So we should not be shy about that. And then as we are responding to God and we are being faithful, we move through that and we wait and we rest in God's eternal plan, not only for you, but for those that you love as you take that message out into this world. If we get wrapped up in feeling like we have to produce, all of a sudden our message changes, right? It's not just the love of God being presented and being expressed. It's a hard sell because all of a sudden you feel like you need to produce converts, produce Christians, but it's not on you, right? You are faithful to spread God's love and his message of hope, and he is responsible for the results. And this waiting and this resting is so very, very difficult when you're talking about people that you care for so much. This is where the rubber meets the road. For those people in your life that you love desperately who do not know the love of Jesus. And we have come full circle because in that moment, all we can do is run back to who God is, that he is holy, that he is perfect, that everything he does is the right thing to do by his very nature. It does not matter what God chooses to do or chooses not to do. We can trust him in that. And so we try to wait and rest in his eternal plan as we try to be faithful to take his message out. I'm not saying that that is easy. It's not. It's really not. That's part of the reason why we need this community of people so that when it's getting really difficult for me, I've got brothers and sisters who can support me and vice versa. 
when it's difficult for you, we want to surround you and help you and support you and build you up. And we are stronger together. And when we work together, it's amazing the witness that we take out into the world. And we see that every summer with our kids on roofs, right? People are amazed at, at the time and energy and the love that is put forth, right? We want to do more of that as we reach out into our communities. So when life gets hard, let's stand in awe of who God is and then respond appropriately to our call um, based on who God is. And the next time that life is coming at you hard and fast, take the time to start with dwelling on who God truly is. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, this is a tall, tall order that in this busy and convoluted world that we live in, that we would that we would take time to just be silent and sit um, and dwell on who you are. But Lord, that is, that is what we need. We need to be reminded about who you are and everything that that means for us as we go through this life. And Lord, I just pray that you would give each one of us the grace to reflect your qualities that we can, that we would reflect your mercy and your grace as opposed to expressing all of our own fickle emotions. Lord, help us to take your message of love, take your message of, of grace out into the world this week, no matter how we engage it. Just help us to be lights in this dark and hurting world. Jesus' name I pray, amen.
drive me to thy breast. Life with trials hard may press me, and will bring me sweeter rest. Oh, tis not in grief to Good morning. My name's Scott Lawler. I'm one of the elders here at Hope Church. If you're new to Hope Church, this is our time of offertory. Uh, we do not pass a plate here at Hope Church. We believe giving is something that happens personally between you and God. We do have ways for you to give electronically, and we do have a bucket there in the back. We use this time to reflect on the message that was received and think about how we can give back to God, not only our money, but our talents, our time, everything that we heard here today. Rusty, there was no Genesis reference. Ooh. I don't know if I've heard this from you before. <laughs> wow. I clearly lost the over under on the gen Genesis reference. This message here, when I hear it, there's some easier parts and some tougher parts as we go through. Understanding that I'm flawed and I'm broken and there's nothing I can give to God. There's nothing I need. He, he doesn't need anything from me. I can come to grips with that. I can come to grips with opening my life up to his call. But if you're like me, where I struggle is, I loved how you put it there, that his answer for you may not jive. Because I want to go in there and help God out. I want to help him out and let him know exactly how the plan should work and what needs to happen. And that's where I struggle. I struggle with listening. And I loved how you put in here to just wait and rest. 
that when you really listen to God's plan, he doesn't need me. He doesn't need any one of us to fulfill his plan. And that takes a lot of pressure off of us. That no one is converted because of what I do or what you do. It happens strictly through God. He may use us, but he doesn't need us. So as the music plays today, please take a moment to just think how God can use you this week. And are you going to be willing to relinquish control to the answers that he provides you and the path that he directs you on? Dear Heavenly Father, as we come before you, as we sit there and open our lives up to you, allow me to truly hear your words, to hear what you have planned for me, not to question it, to move forward outside of what may be my comfort zone and truly turn over all control to you and allow you to work your plan, not my plan. In your son's precious name. time to stand and uh, sing along with us as we close our worship with this one last song.